Hi, I'm James Schillinglaw for Virtual Roadshows Selling Cruise Vacations. And in this case, we're looking at expedition cruising. And uh, we have a, a great panel here to talk about this really growing uh, part of cruising that really is getting ever more popular. And although, you know, you bring the whole of the river cruise fleets in uh, together, you probably get into one uh, giant Royal Caribbean ship, but uh, still, uh, it's becoming far more interesting, especially actually since COVID. I think a lot of people are taking a look at this uh, form of cruising, and some people are starting out doing this kind of cruising. So uh, the panel today, we got a great panel again, as I said, uh, and please uh, raise your hand when I mention your name. Uh, Chris Hanna, who's the National Accounts and Business Development Manager for North America for Quark Expeditions. Uh, greetings, Chris. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. And then we have from Swan Hellenic, uh, Kelly uh, Perdmetsky, tried to say that right? Uh, yeah. Director, Key Accounts East uh, for Swan Hellenic. And welcome, Kelly. Thank you, James. Yeah. And last but not least, uh, Franklin uh, Breckman, did I say that right? Uh, Oceanwide Expeditions. And you are the, oh, this, this goes straight to the heart of matter, Antarctic Program Manager for Oceanwide Expeditions. Uh, greeting, Franklin. How are you? Hello, James. I'm fine. Thank you. Okay. So we're going to get right to it. And we're going to give each of you to a quick chance to describe your company in brief, including the number of ships and sort of the, some of your destinations. And we're going to start out with with you, Chris. Uh, we're, uh, we'll talk a little bit about Quark and, and how many ships you have and where you go. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, so Quark Expeditions is a polar specialist expedition operator. We've been operating exclusively in the polar regions for over three decades now. We have three purpose-built polar ships, all under 200 passengers that are designed and capable of taking you to places that few others out there can. Uh, there's some great exceptions on this panel, of course, but in general, these are pretty difficult to access parts of the world, and we've specialized in them for the three decades. Um, when I say polar, of course, I refer to the Arctic, Antarctica, but that even includes places in the sub-Antarctic, like the Falkland Islands, South right. Georgia, and even an incredible new itinerary in Patagonia. So with our diverse fleet of all under 200 passenger ships, we have a tremendous commitment to sustainability. We are a US-based company. We do have a large base of operations in Canada, so we have uh, quite a heavy presence in North America. And, um, you know, as I said, it's it's really a pleasure to be here and to open up the world of expedition cruising to so many. Absolutely. Now, Kelly, Swan Atlantic, you have a historic name uh, that, that many yeah. people remember. Uh, however, you're a fairly new line with brand new ships, right? We are. So we actually have a 70 year history. The first cultural expeditions we ever operated in the late 1950s were to the undiscovered Greek archaeology sites, if you can imagine that. Right. Um, and today, you know, we have um, some really exciting things happening. We have a whole new company behind this iconic name, Swan Hellenic, and we are a five-star boutique expedition company that is really marrying the adventure of a true expedition with five-star service and accommodations in a completely unpretentious way. Their focus for Swan Hellenic truly is on the discovery of the destination, the exploration, and the education and enrichment on board that just makes the experience that much richer. Mm -hmm. um, 
And we are offering beyond ordinary itineraries on all seven continents. So beyond the polar regions, I mean, we're touching some classic destinations like the Mediterranean or the Norwegian fjords, but truly going to some very remote adventurous places. We sail the entire west coast of Africa. You know, we have an amazing crossing from Antarctica to Cape Town, going to some of the most remote islands on the planet. Um, so we really have the globe covered and you get to have a truly adventurous experience, but be very comfortable while you're doing it. Absolutely. And that's very important as we know. Uh, and I've been lucky to have to be on the, not, not your most recent vessel, but you're, uh, the one before it. So, uh, very beautiful ship. Now, uh, uh, Franklin, tell us a little bit about, uh, your company, Oceanwide Expeditions. Yes, thank you, James. Well, Oceanwide Expeditions has been offering uh, ship-based expeditions to the polar regions for uh, 30 years now, uh, both to Antarctica and, and the Arctic. We own and operate our own uh, fleet of high-strengthened vessels. Um, we have three vessels, the Ortelius Plensius, both with 100 passengers, and Hondius with 170, so also always um, below 200 passengers. And we even have a sailing vessel, which we sail in the, the Arctic around Svalbard and, and Greenland. Um, Oceanwide is uh, a Dutch shipping company. So a Dutch company, but more especially a very international company. We also have uh, a U.S. office because we have many, many of our passengers coming from, uh, from the States as well. No, absolutely. And it's one uh, that I think you, that we should explore a little more in depth. It was one I did not know before, but I'm looking forward to knowing a lot more about it. And I think uh, all of our travel advisors out there can go to your booth as well later to find out more about it. Now, let's get to the next question. And, and it really is, uh, would you classify what you offer as a luxury experience or uh, or where are you? I mean, the thing is, the, the overused word, of course, luxury, but uh, where are you in the spectrum of luxury premium? And I'll start with you, Kelly. I would say we are fully luxury um, because because of the the space we offer on board, because everything is top notch on board, um, Michelin star quality dining but you can wear your jeans and hucking boots. Um, everything is included and everything is just top notch from the level of wine that we're serving on board to the excursions that are automatically included for our guests. Um, everything has been thought of. The service on board is spectacular. Our crew is calling our guests by name on day two. Like it's on another level. Hmm. Now, uh, Franklin, the same question to you. Or would you put yourself in the luxury category or where are you in that spectrum? I, I wouldn't say luxury. Well, we, we offer what you can best describe as, as a true expedition with, with focus on the destination itself. So our ships are, are very comfortable. That's uh, absolutely not, not, not a question. But it's all about the destination for us. So we, we take our passengers ashore as much as possible. Um, and uh, when we have many activities that we organize over there. So the, um, well, actually on on purpose on our vessels, we don't have a, a jacuzzi or a fitness or, or, a, or a sauna, for example. We keep all the space we can for, for the expedition part, for, for the Zodiacs to get on land. And that's the way we uh, we want to uh, to discover these regions. Now, absolutely. Now, Chris, uh, Aquark Expeditions, where do you put them in the spectrum? Uh, what's, what's the service levels and, and the comfort levels? 
Well, you know, this question comes up a lot, this concept of luxury, and, it, and it's one that I almost always have to ask a question back first. And this, of course, will be rhetorical since we can't hear from our audience today. But what is luxury? You know, what does luxury mean to the guest? You know, we again, with our three purpose built polar ships, they are all uniquely suited for the polar environments, but they are diverse. So we do have a true authentic expedition vessel that is purposely designed at only 128 passengers to get into some of the most remote places. We have an all suite, all balcony ship, which has many amazing creature comforts on board from luxurious accommodations, beautiful spa and wellness center, as well as incredible gourmet dining. And mm -hmm. we have our brand new ultramarine at 199 passengers. This ship blends the ultimate in creature comforts on board in terms of those beautiful accommodations, a fantastic spa with floor to ceiling sauna, um, incredible onboard amenities. But the focus with any of our trips and any of our ships is to get you off the ship and into the destination. So truly with Quark Expeditions, luxury takes many forms, but one of the luxuries that your our guests will be able to indulge in is access to the regions that we go. Right. On Ultramarine, we have two twin engine helicopters. Everybody sailing on her will have included helicopter flight seeing. We've been operating helicopters in the polar regions for over 30 years. So luxury of access means experiencing the places that we visit, where the helicopters, of course, are permitted to operate by both air, by land, and by sea. So to answer your question, yes, we have luxury. Are we going to have butlers on board? No, but for every butler we don't have, there's another expedition guide we can, because that's, that's right. truly where the rubber meets the road. Well, I got to tell you, having included helicopters is pretty big. That's that's a luxury. I don't know too many people offer that. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, obviously, there's been a tremendous growth in the expedition market. Um, there's a lot of crew, a lot of new ships coming out, um, even new lines. Um, how does a travel advisor right now determine kind of the best expedition cruise line for their clients? What what should they consider given there are so many different choices that are in the market? I'm going to start out with you, Franklin, because obviously, you know, there's so many different uh, uh, products there now that they got to look at. Well, there are a few things to consider when when you have a, a potential customer asking for, for these expeditions. Uh, first of all, for example, it's we we all mentioned it more or less. It's the the, the vessel itself. Uh, you know that uh, every ship carrying more than five hundred passengers will never be allowed to do landings in um, in Antarctica, for example. Uh, the maximum number of passengers on land at one time is is one hundred. So, and I think Kelly and Chris will agree, the two hundred limit is really what what we aim for. You can't go further because otherwise you'll have people waiting on the vessel and once you're there if there's one thing you want you don't want to do is, is wait right. so so you will have one group doing activities like kayaking or zodiac cruising the other group on land and then and then they will switch so 200 limit is in my opinion anyway the the max you can have on on these destinations then secondly you have the travel philosophy of the tour operator like like uh you can you can Choose, but for us, for example, it's really getting on land as much as possible, having many activities and enjoying the outside. The ship is there, the ship is comfortable, but it's our tool to get to these incredible places. That's our way of of organizing these these voyages. Uh, and then you have the different routes, the different the different locations where you sail, and the timing of it. Beginning of the season, mid season, or or end of the season will be right. a very different. They all experience. can be different. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, so you have you have to look at at all of these factors to to have the the best possible choice, and then of course you can always contact us if you have any doubts or questions. That that's the same for uh, for everyone, I guess. Absolutely. Now, Chris, sort of the same question. I mean, obviously, we got a lot of choices in the market. Travel advisors are looking at all these things, and actually, all these came up pretty quickly in the last few years. To be honest with you, you guys may have been in the market before, but you know, it's really getting a hot, to be a hot market in terms of expedition cruising. But how how does a travel advisor assess who's the right client for for let's say your ship? Well, you know, I, I think uh, I think Franklin definitely took a peek at my notes. He he covered quite quite a few of the things that I had written down, and they're all fantastic points. I really love that he hit on the size of ships. He hit on the ethos of the company. It's not just about seeing these places; it's about working to preserve them and to protect them. Um, but but I also I think that some other really relevant factors to consider for your clients when choosing an operator is the length of time actively operating in these regions. Um, you know, for for a company that has spent decades operating in these often unforgiving but beautiful parts of the world, you mm-hmm. want to ensure that not only the company but the expedition teams have the expertise. You know, with a company like Quark Expeditions, um, I believe we have the best ratio of guides to guests in the industry. We have one guide for every six guests on board our ships, which means access to these dedicated polar specialists who are experts in all of the ologies, the history, the climatology, the biology, the all of those things. But also it means the largest expedition teams in the industry, which means less waiting to get off the ship because it's our main purpose to get you off the ship as much as possible. So that means lots of people available to drive Zodiacs, provide contacts, provide um, information and background to what you're seeing. But it's also, I think, on the other end of the spectrum, a lot of these other things that we've mentioned focus on once your client's on the ship. But I think something to consider is the fact that a company like Quark Expeditions, we have a very large outside sales team. They are multinational. We have seven just in North America. We're all dedicated to supporting you with our dedicated polar expertise, with our inside polar travel advisors. We're available 24 hours a day, six days a week. We'll hold your hand. We know the destinations. We know the experiences. We've all been on our ships. So you're not just calling a call center. You are Mm -hmm. speaking to people who are dedicated to supporting you and helping you every step of the way through our knowledge, our expertise, and most importantly, through our passion. Absolutely. Now, Kelly, sort of the same question. I hate to be give you the last say on here, but you know, how, how do you make a choice? Uh, you know, and how do you decide on, let's say, I want to do Swan Atlantic versus something else? Because there are some great, you know, all the companies here are great, and there are a whole lot more out there. Uh, uh, there's almost not a bad expedition cruise line, but how do you make that choice as a travel advisor for the best one for your client? Well, like to to piggyback on to what what these guys are saying is you really have to understand the level of immersion that your clients actually want in, in the destination. Um, whether it's the, the, what the ship size will allow or what activities are offered on the expedition, what types of partnerships and enrichment programs are there on board? Like Swan Hellenic has a partnership with the SETI Institute. We have guest lecturers, scientists from SETI, um, we have guest lecturers that are the foremost experts in their field to really lay the groundwork 
for our guests on board. So they go home having a true understanding of the places that they just got to explore. So I think you have to know um, in terms of that, what your client is wanting, but also specific to kind of the luxury players that, that we're up against. I think you have to know what your client's priority is. Is it the luxury or the destination? Because for example, Swan Hellenic, the focus is on the exploration. We are running legit expedition operations. All of our vessels are under 200 guests with purpose-built ice class, you know, PC5 qualifications. But you get to be very comfortable while you're doing that. You can go out on a serious hike. You can go out on some incredible Zodiac cruises with our two landings per day. But when you come back on board, you can have spin bikes in the fitness center. You can go to the spa. So I think it's understanding the level of service that your clients want and not just looking at the price. No, absolutely. And it, that's an important consideration. Uh, let's go to another question here about uh, you know, obviously your main destinations in this case, or some of your main destinations are Antarctica and the Arctic. Uh, but there are other ones out there. I know, you know, uh, Quark, you're really focused on those, but talk, uh, uh, let's let's start with you, Chris, because you are focused on those ones. What are other destinations that people might not have thought of uh, beyond those two that you might offer? Well, to, to sound like a broken record for just a moment, again, with three decades of experience in the polar regions, you know, these are not just places that we visit. These are not places that are just sort of run of the mill for us. In many ways, we have pioneered visiting these places as right. one of the first companies to offer the fly cruise itineraries to Antarctica, which we've done for over 12 years, as uh, the first company to take guests, paying tourists to the North Pole on an icebreaker as the first company to discover the existence of the Snow Hill Emperor Penguin Colony in the Waddell Sea. We are polar pioneers and we weave that into everything that we do. So while we are incredibly focused on the polar regions, there are no other parts of the world we deliver. We still continue to innovate and push the envelope in those areas, whether it's our return to Snow Hill on Ultramarine with the two twin engine helicopters and see the emperor penguins like you see behind me. Now, I'm not there right now, of course. Um, or it's our innovative partnership with Greenlandic communities in southern Greenland, known as the Patagonia of the North, on our innovative Greenland adventure and Greenland explorer itineraries, or it's our in-depth exploration of Patagonia and the channels of the Chilean fjords, places like Cape Horn, Agostini Fjord, Punta Arenas, Puerto Natales, Overland in uh, Torres del Paine National Park. So we are incredibly focused on the regions that we visit, but that does not mean that we have ever stopped innovating. No, absolutely. So even within those destinations that you specialize in, you're finding new places and new experiences that you can deliver to uh, your guests. Absolutely. So that, that's great. Now, uh, Kelly, the same kind of questions. And obviously you go to Antarctica, you would go to the Arctic. Um, but you also got a lot of other, other places, too, with great expeditions. Talk to us a little bit about some of those destinations that you want to highlight. Yeah, I mean, listen, our our brand tagline is beyond ordinary, and we weave that into everything that we do. I mean, some of these places that we're going to, 
um, from Papua New Guinea, Vanuatu and the Solomon Islands to Madagascar and the Seychelles. Or um, in 2024, we've launched a Cuba expedition um, and we sail the entire West Coast of Africa, broken up in about five different segments. But, you know, you can build a great back to back to back itinerary to make quite a, an epic expedition. Yeah, so those are a lot of different places you can do exhibitions all around the world. And uh, Franklin, the same question: you do focus on these two, Arctic, Antarctica, but how do you how do you make it a little different? And and are there any other destinations that you offer? Well, exactly, ocean-wide expeditions is is a real polar specialist and 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 pioneer pioneer as well, offering these trips for uh, for thirty years now, uh, both to Svalbard in Greenland and in, in the north and and Antarctica. Antarctica, subantarctics in uh, in in the south. Then, what we do as different destinations as well is we we do offer um, birds on the repos repositioning voyages, for example, right. going from Ushuaia to uh, Georgia, Tristan Acuna up to uh, Saint Helena, or going to the north from the Netherlands to Scotland, Jan Mayen, Svalbard. Also going to places where you would normally never. Uh, Never imagined to uh, to go very popular with with birders, for example. These, right. these voyages. No, so that's great. So you do go to a place on the repositioning, and then you do specialize like cork in the Arctic and Antarctic. Now, uh, let's stick with you, uh, Franklin. Obviously, the, the the expedition it wouldn't be an expedition unless you had an expedition team. Uh, how important is that expedition team to the experience you deliver? Their importance can really not be underestimated. They're they're the face of the company. They're the the, the first uh, uh, point of contact of of all passengers. They're really what uh, what makes the the expedition great on board and and give all the necessary information. It's it's um, it's really amazing to see how how the, the the staff and the guides are sharing not only their knowledge but. They are all specific specialists in any specific uh, specific uh, subject. Can be ornithology, uh, astronomy, glaciology, history, whatever. Uh, but they, they they also share their passion. Uh, you will see on board, for example, with Ocean Wide, the the staff will will share the meals with the passengers. So they will they will be very close and in, in close contact to to the to the passengers. And they're truly the the well very very important during during these voyages. No, absolutely. And I, I, having been on a few expedition cruises in my lifetime, the expedition team is crucial. Uh, sometimes I feel like I'm uh, back in college uh, learning all about this stuff, but it's in a good way. It's in a good way, and I really want to be there. So I'm willing to sit through the lectures and really interested in doing that. Uh, and, and you don't have to, but you can. And very often you can watch them in your stateroom, too, sometimes. Uh, Maybe a small addition. They, they really realize that that the passengers, that that's very often it's a once-in-a-lifetime voyage. Right. And they're there to make it worth Absolutely. And the only way to make it worth it is really understanding where you're going. Uh, Kelly, same question. I mean, obviously, uh, the expedition team is, is as we've said, pretty crucial. And and how do you pick them? I mean, there's so many. I, I've always loved these expeditions. They're kind of like your camp counselors, professors, uh, naturalists, whatever, all rode into one. And, you know, and, and they're kind of and they sit with you at dinner. And I've had some amazing dinners with with the teams that I've I've encountered. Yeah, you know, to echo what Franklin was saying is most likely someone who goes on an expedition, whether it's with Swan Hellenic or any of these guys here, it's most likely the best trip of their entire life. 
And it's because of the expedition team, because these guys are, are the heart and soul of what happens on board. Um, their passion. I've never seen more passionate people in the travel industry. I've been, you know, we've all been working in this industry for a long time. There is no one more passionate than an expedition leader. Uh, they live and breathe this. I mean, one of our head expedition leaders, the way he became, the way he got picked, he really picked us because he was on an expedition with a bunch of uh, guys down in Antarctica and our, our ship actually picked them up due to a bad storm. And he, <laughs> so he, he, got, he got, he got, it was like a press gang. You know, you're going to get off line now. You're going to stay and, with us for a while. Right? And this guy turns out, uh, his name is Anthony Jinman. He's one of 12 Brits in history to ski to both the North and South Pole. Wow. That's pretty so amazing. these guys are super impressive. And, you know, like they said, we have marine biologists. We have people who have been studying whales and dolphins for 20 years. Naturalists who have lived all over the world, whether it's the Galapagos or in Svalbard. And I think I just got to go to Svalbard. And, you know, it was great because one of the expedition uh, team leaders has been living and working in Svalbard for the last several years. So he was the local expert that knew everything. And, you know, they're just the heart and soul of what we do. And number one, so critical because they keep our guests safe. Absolutely. And they, they definitely do that. Now, Chris, no, I hate to, last but not least, I mean, talk a little <laughs> bit about why your expedition team is so crucial to that experience and how you recruit them. Yeah, well, you know, listen, every company that's operating in these areas have fantastic expedition guides. I mean, the community is so small, you don't last very long there if you are reckless, if you are irresponsible, if you are not providing a quality experience. But at Quark, we've been very fortunate that we've retained many of our expedition guides um, for the length of the history. We, we do have one that started on the very first Quark trip, but we have many with average of over 20 years yeah. with Quark Expeditions, and they do come back time and time again. These are contractors. They're free to work at any company they want, but they return to work at Quark Expeditions because, you know, it gives them sort of a pedigree. I was actually told by Miko, a marine biologist on my trip to Antarctica in March, that he's worked for other companies, but as soon as they heard he was from Quark, everybody started listening to him. Uh, I, I I will subscribe to that. I will say that 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 was a true story for sure, but I definitely believe it. But, you know, with an average of over 160 polar expeditions under their belt, these are true polar specialists. They don't go anywhere else. They don't do anything else. They do polar uh, with the expedition ratio of one for every six guests on board, that means that they're out on on deck, they're doing presentations, they're driving the Zodiacs, they are on shore with the guests. So it en enables quite a full immersion. Kelly said it best for many people. This is the trip of a lifetime. So you don't want to trust it to just anybody. And with a company like Work Expeditions, with our guides, we don't just pick them up and go, okay, you're with us now, put on a queue. We actually have an industry-leading training program called Quark Academy. So every single guide, whether they've worked with us before or are brand new to Quark Expeditions, goes through a standardized level of training. It's how to drive the Zodiacs. It's how to conduct safety drills and ensure that our guests are safe and cared and well looked after. It's even how to present it. So there's a standardized level of experience that you can expect on any Quark Expeditions trip in any of our destinations. And 
so uh, to, to answer your, your question in short, how important is it? I think it is the most important thing when considering an expedition. Absolutely. In addition to the hardware, you need the software yeah. and the software is the people on board. So uh, now uh, let, let's ask a little bit about uh, Franklin. Now, what is what is kind of your customer demographic, uh, both that is on the ship and what do you target? Uh, who goes on an expedition cruise like this and what percentage of your uh, customers are actually new to cruising? They've never cruised before. Well, um, to answer the first part of your question, um last well last full season uh we sold to about 65 different nationalities mm -hmm. just to give you an idea of, of the number of uh of, of different nationalities you can expect on on board um and age-wise it's it's sometimes surprisingly young uh you uh it, it goes really from 20 to 30 up to up to up to 70 as long as you're fit enough to get on a zodiac and, and and willing to to sometimes do also the activities on on our base camp trips for example the trips including all the activities all the, the kayaking the mountaineering the snowshoeing you have you have often groups of between 30 20 and 30 years um uh, many of them sharing cabins for examples to have uh to have an, an even lower price so that that's also something we we see uh, and now your question about returning uh, passengers, well, or new passengers to cruises anyway. Right. Yeah. As we specialize in, in polar, only polar, it's difficult to say how many have been on other cruises before. Uh, but we do see also returners within uh, within ocean -wide. So we do see people coming back over and over again, and not only one time in the Arctic and then in uh, in Antarctica, but but doing doing the different possibilities. Uh, from from subantarctic antarctica well all, all the all the possible uh, uh trips that that you can have no yeah, absolutely and it is an interesting category because when we're getting a lot uh, i've seen a lot of new to cruising a lot of repeat a lot of things and everybody mm -hmm. wants to go back uh maybe not as crazy as i am when i did three three times in a row but uh that that was uh that was actually because i'm a journalist and i was covering the lines but now uh uh chris let's talk the same question in terms of your customer who are the, who is your customer demographic that you target and who is going on these expedition cruises and again uh, uh do you have any idea of how many are new to cruising yeah, the, the, typically the, the guests on Quark expeditions are the people who swore they would never go on a cruise ship. And, right. and that's a wonderful thing because our company is not called Quark Cruises. We are called Quark Expeditions. Now, where we go happens to be most accessible by ship, but these ships being small, being purposely designed, these are far departure from the cruise ships that everybody has in mind. So, um, you know, for the well-traveled who have been to many of the other places on Earth, whether they have an affinity for wildlife, for adventure, for cultural immersion in a place like Greenland, um, even even if they've been to Alaska on a large cruise ship, but said, what more is out there? How can I get more of what I loved of that experience? Mm -hmm. About 3,000 of my closest friends. How can I truly be immersed and get off that ship? Those are the people that we're catering to. And there are different age demographics as well. We've seen the average age of our Antarctica travelers come down quite a bit um, in recent history. It's because we offer a lot of off-ship activities, but it's also um, bringing the most demand, so the widest variety of guests to us. And then they venture on into the Arctic, where we do see a little bit higher than average, or sorry, a little bit 
higher average um, age range. On my trip to Antarctica in March, the average age was about 47. Five years ago, we would have said 65. Those were the ones with the time, the money, and the interest. But now we see that shift. In the Mm -hmm. Arctic, um, in my trip to Greenland, um, that was a 17-day trip in September, a little bit longer, not always accessible for everybody. It's in the summer. So that that one had the average age of 62. But I've been on trips with people celebrating their 89th birthday. I've been on trips with 10-year-olds. The common theme is these are active. These are adventurers. They want to get off the beaten path. They do not want sort of the the normal itinerary and and so the 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 main common theme is we are the leader in polar adventures and our guests are adventurers and they're explorers and they want to explore with us absolutely and they and they're doing that uh, in droves absolutely now uh kelly started the same question but of course swan atlantic is a brand been around for as you said a long time and i used to have the impression though those are the the very intelligent british uh, used to be British, uh, and and they're out there to find. They're not really cruisers in the classic sense. They want to go exploring. Uh, now, of course, you know, with the new company, the Revive Camp Company, uh, you're you're attracting a different kind of mix. What what is your target uh, demographic, and and uh, who are these people? Yeah, you know, I think it's very broad because at the end of the day, like these guys have said, age is just a number. It's more about what mindset does the customer have, and we are for explorers, people who want to learn and be immersed in these destinations, but in comfort, basically. They don't want to sacrifice the comfort in order to go on an adventure. Um, You know, when I was on Svalbard, I witnessed like some some great pictures, right? There was a family of 13, a multi-gen family with grandparents, parents, and kids on board. And then and there was a table of all the 30 and 40 year olds, whether it was friends traveling together or solo travelers who all made one big table together, ate dinner together every single night on board. Mm. And then, and then, you know, there's a lot of people like on the younger side with these really adventurous destinations we go to, the young professionals have money to spend. And these are the types of experiences that they're looking for, for, you know, to create that FOMO um, that Instagram right, drives. Right. These are places um, that you never fa- never fathomed you'd really get to go to. Um, and these days we can take you there. Um, we're also really solo traveler friendly. So we have a 25% single supplement, which is great for a luxury product like this, um, allowing solo travelers to explore all the ends of the earth with Swan Atlantic. Well, absolutely. Well, if you want an Instagrammable moment, uh, you can't <laughs> you can't do wrong by the places you guys visit. That's speaking, for sure. Speaking and of I, Instagram, also, you know, we just had an article written about us that the interior of the SH Diana was like a millennial's mood board. So, because of our contemporary chic feel on board, it really does appeal to the millennial and Gen Z demographics as well. That's great to see that more of the it's it's, it's always you know it's, it ain't for. Old, the older folks anymore, although they can go on too if they got the right psychographic. Now, uh, I'm going to give each of you a chance to, to to say, is there anything else that you want to tell our travel advisor viewers out there, all of whom are focused on selling cruises and these days expedition cruising? And I'm going to start uh, with you, Kelly. Uh, is there anything else you want to tell our viewers, our, our travel advisors? I think the the biggest tip I can give people right now, because there's a lot of travel advisors that are just starting to dip their toe in this market, trying, trying to sell expedition. 
And the biggest thing I've gotten, I, I've seen, say, advisors post what they're looking for on Facebook. And they're like, well, my client doesn't want a cruise. I'm like, this is not a cruise. You yeah. have to get that out of your head. This is not a cruise. We're not looking for traditional cruisers on these types of trips. We're looking for people who want to go further, dig further, see more and learn more than they've ever done before. That's the mindset. So you cannot let the word cruise be an obstacle in selling expedition. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good that you, you know you are selling expeditions and not just cruise, selling it in darn good comfort in, in all your cases. But it is something else. It's a different kind of trip. And that's why I, earlier I asked that question of how many were new to cruising. And at least my experience, uh, there were a fair percentage that were on board. Uh, if they would have never considered a cruise ship before. And that's not why they're there. Uh, Franklin, uh, same question. I mean, what Anything else you want to tell our travel advisor viewers about ocean-wide expeditions uh, and also expedition cruising? Yeah. Well, uh, ocean-wide offers the type of expedition that people dream about and very often have dreamed of for, for years sometimes. So it's it's really very important to have the right passengers on, on the right vessel. That's that's for sure. So if if you have uh, a customer or, or passenger that wants a trip uh, with a focus on the destination, on, on going ashore as much as possible and, and experience the, the polar regions firsthand, well, don't hesitate. You can book them with, uh, with uh, Oceanwide with, uh, with confidence. Um, and, and also, if you have any doubt or any, any questions, just contact our, our U.S. office. It's really easy to, uh, to get in contact with us. We are always happy to help. Absolutely. Now, uh, we'll close it out with you, Chris. Anything else you want to tell our uh, Travel Advisor viewers about Quark Expeditions and about Expedition Cruising today? Absolutely. If I, if I can really just recap the last half hour, these are not your ordinary cruises. These are truly explorations. Um, smaller is better when it comes to things. So think about your river cruisers who love the small, intimate nature of a river cruise ship. They lend very well to expedition cruising as well because they also get to be immersed in the destinations. But, but truly, you know, I, I'll leave you with this thought is, this is the trip of a lifetime for your clients. And so who you choose to partner with is a big decision that you can make. And as, a, as an advisor, I've been an advisor. I've been in the travel industry since 2009. I've been selling expedition cruises for seven years, but I was on your side of the desk. And the number one thing that I always looked for was trust and understanding that I was about to entrust the trip of a lifetime and not so significant insignificant investment in travel as well to a specialist company that has been operating for a lifetime in these places that we go because they are beautiful they are challenging so you really want to understand who are your clients going with at quark expeditions we do one thing that's polar and we do it exceptionally well there's lots of other companies that do lots of other destinations they do a fantastic job but I think there is definitely something to be said for specialization and uh, mm -hmm. your polar specialists are truly quark expeditions because of the width, the breadth of what we offer, but also our support for you to help you make the sale. I have a number of testimonials from advisors that we have personally worked together to close the sale for their booking. And so you want to know that you're making the right choice, not only on the expedition, but in the lead up to the expedition as well. Absolutely. Well, 
Uh, I want to thank you guys. Uh, thank you, Chris. Uh, uh, thank you, Kelly. And thank you, Franklin. It's a great panel. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, I think we gave our viewers a little something to think about uh, if they haven't. And now uh, I want to get them to go all down to your booths on our virtual expedition. Uh, expedition. I said that again, virtual uh, uh, exhibition floor uh, where you, the, you all have booths and, and where they can find out more and contact uh, your, your uh, sales team directly. So again, thank you so much. Uh, I really, it, it's been illuminating once again, and I have experienced some expedition uh, cruises in the last couple of years. First time post COVID was the first time I really ever did it. And uh, I can do more. That's for sure. Again, thank you so much. And we'll see you hopefully soon on an expedition ship. Thank you, James. Thank, thank you. you. I'm James Schellinglaw, and this is Virtual Roadshows, Selling Cruises, and Insider Travel Report. Mm -hmm.